Hi, this is Ernie Hudson, and you're listening to Candair Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today to talk about uh, many of his projects, uh, we welcome comic creator Alex Schumacher to the show. Alex, welcome. It's awesome to have you here. Howdy, fellas. How are you? Very good. And I'm excited to talk about some of these projects of yours. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm not, I always I keep doing this when we start an episode. I get too indulged in what we need to wait and talk about later. Yeah, start talking about it <laughs> earlier than later. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I apologize. So let's just keep it going right along here. In our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about movies inspired by video games. And you know what inspired this, Jack? No. I found an oh, action yeah. no, figure for Luigi yeah. <laughs> at the retro toy store from the, from the uh, Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, the John Leguizamo. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So how appropriate, right? I don't Absolutely. think we've done this. We've it's like done it. Fate. It's kismet. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt yeah. anyway. But we've done it the other way around. Where that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah video games inspired by movies. But uh, okay. yeah, this will be cool to do because I don't. Maybe we touched on it long ago, but we might have. We touch on a lot of things in different. We'll have one <laughs> and category totally forget. and then go off <laughs> yeah. on another tangent somewhere yeah. else. But you never have with a goofball like me, so it might be a little bit of a different <laughs> experience for the audience. <laughs> Then in our comic vault, uh, a few things we'll be talking about. I, for one, have a comic called uh, Superman The Ten Cent Adventure, which I'll explain further once we get to that. Jack, what about you? I had a fiasco with my comic, so I went with a TV show based off a comic. I just started watching The Umbrella Academy. A fiasco with a comic? Yeah. Man, I'm <laughs> anxious to hear what that entails, but kind of embarrassing, but we'll get to that later. Ooh, all right, all right. Well, a few of the things we'll be talking <laughs> about there, and then we're going to turn our attention over to Alex and talk more about his projects he has going on over at alexschumacherart.com. But before we do that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Find us on Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod. You can... Uh, donate $5 a month and get access to the Patreon-only show. And that posts once a month. There's about, what, we're about to post 16, 17? There's a, there's a decent there, yeah. catalog on there that you can get for only 5 bucks a month, people. And you're supporting the show at the same time. And, uh, Jack, what do you got? All year long, we are giving away two priority passes to Wizard World to each show. And Wizard World St. Louis is coming up April 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're giving away those tickets next. And if you go to our website and enter for the contest, be listening to the podcast on March 29th. We will give you the winner. Yeah, that episode posts on the 29th, and uh, we're I guess it's undetermined what the reply time is after they hear they're the winner, or is it just that they're the winner? I'm still working on that part. Okay. <laughs> Hammering you know, out the details. Those details after this episode, you guys might need a tier on your Patreon called the Tencent Adventure. I mean, as long as <laughs> the ten cent adventure for a ten dollar donation or something, I can't see a ten cent donation. I don't even think you can do that, can you? Uh, no, I also feel like I made that sound way more lascivious than I meant it to. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it off with this week's retro round table. Engage. All <laughs> right, guys. Movies inspired by video games. Where mm-hmm. do we begin? Well, the first one, Mario Brothers. Yeah. Was that the very first one? It was the first one we mentioned yes. tonight, I, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know if it was the first one ever. I think it would almost have to be because only, well, yeah, it would have to be. Well, because I, I think we're all sort of dorks of a certain age, and one that always sticks out in my mind when you guys told me that's what we we're talking about is the Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was watching clips of that on YouTube uh, yesterday to try to kind of refresh myself because I, I, the last time I saw it was when it first came out on VHS. I was super stoked. My mom wasn't about to take mm-hmm. me to go see oh, wow. it, so, yeah. so I, I rented that shit and uh, devoured it. But 
Ah, Blanca. That's the biggest disappointment. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. And like, I, it's even worse than I remember too. Like, and when he, I can imagine because it was pretty bad then. It was. Yeah. There were like no like prosthetics. I mean, the, he kind of had that like bulging forehead. The forehead, yeah, that's about but it. Otherwise, he, he looked, was just painted green. I think they got the exact same dude who did Lou Ferrigno's Hulk makeup to do that because it looks exactly <laughs> the same, yeah. just with bright orange hair rather than that like dirty orange that Hulk used to have. Yeah. In that show. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, aside from the involvement of Raul Julia, it really doesn't have any redeeming qualities that I recall. No. Cammy was pretty hot. Sure, that was a. Uh, oh God, who was that? <laughs> Chun Chun Li too, wasn't she in that? Yeah, she was in it. Yeah, who was, the, who was the actress who played Cammy though? She was a pop star. Oh, was she really? I just remember her. She was also in Biodome, and she was just as cute in that too. Yes, she was. That's right. But that's Jesus, all I, I know of her. She starred opposite of the girl who's in Mallrats, in Biodome, right? She was one of the girlfriends. She was one of the scientists yes. in Biodome. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, one of those scientists was Kylie Minogue. So Kylie Minogue, that's the one. Yes, is that her? Uh, well done, grand knowledge of the Australian pop starlets, my friend. <laughs> wow, I had no. No, idea. no, we had to go down the biodome foxhole to get there, though. That, that's right where the knowledge lies. <laughs> Not with Australian pop stars, unfortunately. Well, it's that one and Natalie and Brulia. Those are the only ones that I actually know. But well done. That that's who I was thinking about. Okay. Man, we got there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Man, took the long route, but we blows got there. my mind that that's who that was. I'd never knew. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the only way that I get places these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what about you know? I never even saw this movie, but to this day, the concept of it uh, kind of blows my mind. And it's maybe a little deviant from the topic, but the wizard, how it featured Mario Brothers three, and kind of mm-hmm. showcased it to the world for the first time before its that's release. Yeah, that's the, the Savage one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just saw a clip today about when that movie came out. It was like 30 years ago or something like that. It's All hard right. to imagine that there would be video game tournaments with Mario 3. I mean, who yeah. am I to talk? I mean, I mean, look at what there is now. I mean, there's <laughs> there's some crazy shit out there, I suppose. So it's no different than any of that. But At that time of those tournaments, it was you were in two divisions. It was either Mario Brothers or Tetris, because that's about all that was around at the time. Right. But you were just playing for points, or what was it? Time trials? I can't ever. Oh, remember. I have no fucking clue. I think it's points in the time frame. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that game also showed like a couple of cheats, like when you got the whistle and stuff. You went. Oh yeah, I remember that. And it showed a lot of the Ninja Turtles, the first Ninja Turtles game too. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Because I think that's how I learned about that. Well, game. that would have already been out then, though. Yeah, it was out because I think that's where the kid was. He was playing that first, okay. and then Mario was coming out, and they went around <laughs> competitive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fight or <laughs> gaming. And the big Power Glove commercial in that movie too. Oh yeah, that's much different comic, I believe. <laughs> competitive Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I could get into competitive gaming for They're sure. Just- like, Instead of fighting, they're just vying for the affection of Splinter. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do uh, Halo tournaments, not only with friends, but I would go to, like, game stores and sign up and, like, get in brackets and play people at EB Games, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Remember that store? Oh, yeah. But um, I I held my weight, for sure, but I always came second place to the same guy. The same guy. (laughs) His name is burnt into the back of my head. His name was Lake. And I will always swear his name to the day. Your nemesis. He's my nemesis. Your nemesis until your last breath. He's my halo Halo nemesis. Halo nemesis. Yeah. Uh, This this dude's tactic was throw as many grenades as possible and then just shoot whatever's left. Jeez. (laughs) But you can't argue with results, Jack. You (laughs) really can't. Didn't they make a Halo movie? Speaking of movies made of uh, video games. Well, that's what I was kind of going to veer towards because I was going to say I wish they would make one but yeah they kind of they made that forward on to Don or into Don that was a good movie it was I, like, I enjoyed but the it, heck out it, of it wasn't Master Chief and the Covenant and the Flood you know it was yeah. it was the, these new recruits and the best part of that film was the very end mm-hmm. like when the inv- 
invasion when Master happened. Chief shows up. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. They're working on it. It's funny because I mentioned that movie and I, I've never seen it. So I just started a dialogue that I can't keep up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should watch it. If you're into Halo, you should watch it. Uh, I mean, I, I feel it's like... It's funny, like, video games have, is, is one of the few facets of nerd culture that I've just never been able to get into. And not necessarily because I have no desire. It's just I've I tried to play video games and didn't have the dexterity or the motor skills to actually be any good at it. You didn't play many video games at all? I tried. I, I gave it, you know, my best shot and I just did not. You would think somebody who draws, you know, would have some sort of motor skill control, but not when it came to video games. I was just one of those people who mashed all the buttons and hoped that some combo came out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Same. You're everybody's <laughs> sister. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was me. I, I, I rarely learned. I, it over. I rarely, rarely learned uh, all the move sets on street fighter, mortal Kombat because some of them were fucking re- especially mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> when those games evolved, it, they had like t- 10 button combos. Like how are you ever going to mm-hmm. remember that and pull that shit off? But yeah, um, I would remember a few like two button together combos and yep. the rest was mashing. Mm-hmm. And I held right. my own pretty good, I guess, for uh, what I was doing. I always lost against the bustle button mashers because I'd always be trying to do the moves and stuff, but they'd just be jump kicking all <laughs> over the place and beating the shit out of me. I yeah, because w- yeah. when you're mashing the buttons, you have law of average on your side. <laughs> you're going to yeah. come up with something. <laughs> I was revered in uh, Smash Brothers, the very first one on Nintendo mm. 64. I was awesome. I could kick some ass. And um, I did one day meet my match, and me and this guy, uh, we would play all the time, and uh, our, our friends would come and, like, crowd around in the room and watch us and one day we had like the we told ourselves this is going to be the last time you and I ever battle because this is getting strung out we have to make you know determine a <laughs> champion so we set the lives to uh 100 like you could be killed a hundred times that's a long Jeez, fight in yeah, smash is. brothers yeah that's and it's a lot of champions that's a lot of that's a lot of fighting, and uh, we stayed neck and neck to the very end. But I think he won by like mm-hmm. a life. I was so pissed. I've oh. seen video of Smash that people were playing for, I don't know. It was like twenty minutes that they were playing, and there was nobody died. It just kept going back and forth constantly. When he would when he would die. This is the dude that would slam his controller down and get pissed off and oh. fuck off and you know like <laughs> come on really but. Forget where I was going with that tangent. Because there are worse things in life or better things in life to be, you know, irritated by, right? Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, okay. I remember where I was going with this. The button mashing. You were talking about being. You always got beat by a button masher. Mm-hmm. So as good as I was at Smash Brothers, I introduced Brooke to it. I was like, "Come on, play with me. Let's play. Have some fun." And she's like, "All right." She got Yoshi, and mashing buttons whooped the shit out of me <laughs> every time. <laughs> Every time she would get into that egg and roll around crazy, and anytime it hits you, it just knocks you clear out of the screen. <laughs> you can't counter it. But. Yeah, well, because you you can't counter chaos, and that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what you're emulating when you're doing the button mashing. There's no way to defend against what the the person controlling that character doesn't even know what they're doing. Right. It's like someone that knows how to fight going against the Tasmanian devil. There's just no way that they can (laughs) trick because they're just going to get hit everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Tasmanian devil on bath salts, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jack, we're back to you. Resident Evil. You son of a bitch. You guys have, like, cleaned my list up. I have nothing else to (laughs) offer now. (laughs) Oh, I doubt that's true. Oh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I might have a few things up my sleeve. (laughs) No, Resident Evil was definitely on my list. And, um, boy, that seems like a franchise that probably should have ended a long time ago. I think around probably this. I I don't even know if I've seen the second one. But it probably should have seen them. There's something crazy like that, too. What's that? I said, aren't they at number five or six or something ridiculous? Something they're up there. Yeah. They're up there. But I remember the first one. Um, I don't know if they're trying to escape the building or what, but there's an elevator scene in the beginning where somebody's head and limbs get chopped off in the mm-hmm. elevator. Remember that? Yeah. Ooh, Vaguely. Fuck. <laughs> that will always stay with me more than anything. But um, And those dogs, those zombie dogs oh, yeah. things. But That oh, yeah. was a big deal from that. The original movie. Those are definitely dogs. etched in my mind. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was a good film. That was a good film. What's standout moments for you? 
the dogs pretty much that's all i can really remember <laughs> i think one time yeah, we're, they're in a hallway and what's her name rodriguez ends up getting taken down she doesn't make it all the way i forgot about her i hate seeing Michelle. her in a movie because yeah, she no. always is like the same character like the <laughs> tough as nails uh chick that's you know still hot yeah, yeah i don't i don't get right. it but anyway what about you alex like, um well you said mortal Kombat earlier and that i remember that movie fairly well and I mean, not that it had a lot of substance to retain, but yeah. I remember it being, <laughs> being fun, at least, and, and the action being pretty cool. The soundtrack was pretty sweet, too. The soundtrack was great, too, yeah. I don't recall that. Test your mic. Yeah, it was kind of like being inside of a video game. That's <laughs> Was it what just they... the, like the background music from the game? It was the... Okay. There's just that techno... All right. Over and over and over with, <laughs> with clips of the game. They should have just played the Mario Brothers th- theme throughout it. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it could be modded. I'm sure it can be modded. <laughs> I'm sure Somebody's Mortal- done it. If they, if they put the Benny Hill theme over those, like, rave kids, they can, I'm sure somebody's put Mario <laughs> Brothers over Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's oh, out there somewhere. That song makes everything better than Benny Hill. <laughs> that really does. It's, it's like adding sugar to about yeah, anything. Pretty much. It's, it's fucking awesome, isn't it? I will I've watch those so many insane 20-hour <laughs> loops of the Benny Hill with the rave dancers just because it's incredible. <laughs> I think I used the Benny Hill theme just recently on our uh, Christmas episode at the very end for our blooper reel. Did you? Nice. I think, yeah, I remember it's it, actually. Benny Hill yeah. in the background. <laughs> oh, my God. Such uh, a good theme. It really is. What about this? This uh, kind of elicits joy, right? It's hard not to smile and just kind of, I don't know, you kind of want to get up and run frantically around the <laughs> really room, really fast. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Moving. Yeah, it's just so two times the speed. You go out the front door, but come in out the closet door all of a sudden, like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are too, are too young to know what I'm talking about, just look up Classic Benny Hill on YouTube. You'll quickly understand. Yeah. The, you'll quickly understand the majesty that is Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about this upcoming uh, Sonic the Hedgehog film? You guys seen anything about this? Uh, just the posters, and I hate them. The it's, posters look pretty subpar. Yeah. I don't know. They've. I don't know how they're going to do this. I mean, it's going to have to be like kind of like they did the Smurfs movie, right? Probably just some like pulled yeah. out of his reality or something. Uh, or, God, that's the worst. Wasn't thing the poster do. showing Sonic somewhat like jacked? Like he'd yeah. been doing, like, <laughs> uh, what is it, CrossFit or something? It's like CrossFit Sonic. It's really bizarre. He's been doing the shake weight. <laughs> yeah, there, there go. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, if somebody ran a lot, their legs might be quite muscular, but I don't understand why they felt the need to, you know, beef him up. Yeah, it's mm. funny because um, I've seen the Smashing Pumpkins in concert several times. Talk about a deviation away from the conversation. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the drummer, uh, Jimmy Chamberlain, that dude, yeah. you know, puts his time in when he's uh, up there playing. And when he comes out from behind that drum set, his calf muscles are like fucking redwood trees, man. They are really, really? enormous. And you would think that's what Sonic would uh, kind of be looking like, you know, more ripped in the like, like Alex is saying in the leg region. Yeah. Right. But that, that would be what it was in my mind's eye. But apparently they went the other way and said, nope, he runs on his hands. I think Sonic's running on cocaine's what he's running Something on. Like that. I mean, how, <laughs> he just takes a whip and runs to push-ups until he tires out. The whole sequence he has to be that quick again. to get down to Columbia and back. <laughs> Does a big ass rail and then starts tearing ass running around. There it is. There, yeah. <laughs> See, I think there were a lot of those themes just weaved into a lot of the stuff when we were that we didn't even recognize. And I mean, I went back and, and talked another deviation. I went back and watched the Pee Wee Herman show not too long ago. And I'm I was just marveling at the fact that our parents let us watch stuff like that. I oh, know, absolutely. right? Yeah. So the Sonic on Coke, all I'm saying is that that might not be that far removed from the truth. That's what explains the biceps to me. When I see the biceps, I'm like, oh. This dude's on coke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he does. I don't know. That, maybe that doesn't make sense, but that's just what's happening. Oh, yeah, my coke. <laughs> <laughs> We're ruining Sonic for a whole new generation. Oh no, 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 no! The movie will do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fair enough. 
<laughs> maybe maybe we're warning them, and they, this is a service we're providing. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it'll be good. Maybe, but I'm not counting on it. I don't. Um, yeah, I really don't think it will be. You know, I don't know why it has to be live action, unless they're bringing like his whole world live action, rather than just putting him in our world. You know, that's just been done so many times, and it's tacky. Let's and do it's, it like Jungle Book type live action. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. trope at this point to do that. Mm-hmm. Just well, let's make it easy and put them in the real world, and then that way we only have to animate the character or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, he has no business being in the real world though. In his world, <laughs> you with got Dr. no Robotnik. business, Sonic. <laughs> Maybe he yeah. comes into the real world and actually discovers Coke, and then we see a whole new Sonic. <laughs> I don't know. When the Smurfs did it, it was okay, but you know, obviously, they're not trying to appeal to. I don't know. I guess it just depends on who the movie creators are appealing to. If they're, you know, appealing to primarily a young audience. All right, but you would think that going into making a Sonic movie, you would understand that the Sonic fan base spans generations. You know, mm-hmm. sure. it needs to be dealt with on many different levels. Kind of, you know, okay, there's stuff there for the kids, the upfront bright colors and here and there, you know, joke that they'll understand, but also the subtle things that only the adults are going to get. You yeah. Know? I don't yeah, know. you would think they would be sort of, you know, wagering with the nostalgia a bit, too. But, I mean, I watched a little bit of the Smurfs movie, and I didn't feel that way about it at all. So, no, who knows? No, maybe no. Sonic. I, the, only best, the only thing about the Smurfs movie that I really liked was um, uh, Frank or Hank Azaria as Gargamel. He was awesome as Gargamel. He's awesome as everything. <laughs> yeah. I love him. He's <laughs> fucking yeah, exactly. awesome. He's awesome as everything. <laughs> He's awesome. He can't fail. No, he can't. He's great. So, um, but that was cool to see Cage. him. I mean, he's just great in everything. He really is. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen that. Uh, Brockmeyer, have you seen that show of his on FX? Uh-uh. He's like a, no. he's like, uh, like a washed up like uh, announcer at a, like a baseball stadium or something. <laughs> I haven't heard of it. It's been out for a year or two. I've never seen it though. I need to no. DVR. All right. What about video games that need movies made after them? What hmm. video games would you guys like to see made into movies? And why you why you ponder that reason, Jack? I was asking earlier about Ninja Gaiden was for this very uh, topic. What if that was a movie of some kind? Oh, Ninja Gaiden. I that do remember that one. Easily be. I beat the second one so many times that I almost started getting into speedrunning on it because I beat really? it so many times and I knew the story so well. Totally forget it now. Yeah. But that story was... It would need a lot more put into it. But oh, it they a, all do. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had a pretty good story. I mean, look at Mario Brothers. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> And Halo, you know, we've already kind of touched on that forward in Dawn, but I would love to finally see, like, a full-on Master Chief. I just want to see the movie version of the of the games. I think they're mm-hmm. supposed to be working on a series, like Showtime, I think, for Halo. I'm not sure, though. Uh, but it'll just be some leatherneck recruits. It won't be Master Chief, you know. Yeah, always, you know, yeah. Which, anything, he'll just swoop in and say. I'm sure his rights are reserved for the video games alone, yeah. but... Uh, was sure. it to my knowledge that five was the last? Or are they going to keep those going? I think they're doing another one. I think. Yeah. Shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Shit the bed. I don't Why know. Not? I, I You're making money hand over fist. Well, true, but yeah, I don't know. I guess money. I'm not rules. saying that that's that's my you know business model. I'm just saying it clearly is for some people. He got paid, bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I get it. I totally get it. But um, I, the game was over for me at four. Yep. Yeah. That one really was the final nail in the whole series, the whole story for me. When they brought in the fifth one in that doppelganger, I could have given a fuck. I don't care about these forerunners or whatever they are. We're I mean, fighting I didn't now. play past. I don't I liked shooting bit. the zombie flood and I liked shooting the covenant. You can yeah. f- hear the bullets impact on them. Mm-hmm. Now you're shooting at these like floating metal object things. And I'm that just like digitize when you kill it. So, you yeah, know, like, really I don't get give a shit. Yeah. Of killing. I don't like it. So the flood was the best video game. Not though, to I mention think. you had that awesome death scene with Cortana. I just loved that character. Yeah. And I loved her relationship with Master Chief. And um, I think that'd be cool to capitalize on in the movie. You know, you have the... I don't know. It wasn't quite a love angle, but it, it kind of was at the same time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like unsaid type yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. I'm still waiting for a good Legends of Zelda movie. 
That's what I want to see. Yes. Now, that there was a rumor a while back. You remember, Jack? I think shortly after we started this show, it was one of our first topics that there was a rumor a Legend of Zelda series was going to be done on some streaming network. Oh, I think I do remember that. Network. Hmm. But then it was quickly shot down by Nintendo saying, this is strictly rumor. This is not happening. But <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, That would be a cool uh, movie, if not series. Yeah. Especially since there's so many games. Because there was a cartoon when we were kids. Yes, I don't know if you guys was. recall that. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I do. I would be on board for a, a good movie. Because it would look phenomenal now with all of the technology that they have. And talk about Striking when the iron's hot, like Game of Thrones is some hot shit now. Nostalgia's hot totally. shit. Totally. Nintendo's yeah. always been hot shit. When the hot shits combine, you have a great. Uh, do it. They should do it now. That would be the best <laughs> thing to do. Oh, a movie based off of a game that I think is in the works Tetris. What? <laughs> okay, how do you make a movie about that? Are I don't the, know. Are but the I'm pieces falling positive. in love? Is it. <laughs> how. What? <laughs> it was like battle. Well, I guess Battleship was probably easier, even though that was a horrible movie. But it was, yeah, you just put two ships out in the ocean and make yeah. them fight each other. It Who was a good horrible story? movie. But yeah. I had absolutely no interest in seeing that piece of garbage. And yeah, me neither. <laughs> because you just know at some wasn't Liam Neeson in it. Yes, you know oh, yeah. at some point it's going to close up on him while he goes. He sunk my battleship. They didn't though. They didn't use yeah. that line that I can remember in that what? movie. What? Yeah, I was pissed about it because I was waiting for it. How do you not That's use that like line when you were going off so little already? I mean, they'd use the projectiles from the alien ships firing were big pegs. Pegs. What? Pre- yeah, serious. Absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Are you I'm kidding? I'm so glad yeah. I didn't waste two hours of my life on that. So then when they hit the ship, they were really just kind of stuck sticking out the top. Exactly. And then they would charge oh up my and God. explode. Yeah, it was nuts. So, I could not believe so it. So they didn't say you sunk my battleship, but when the aliens <laughs> didn't hit their target, did they say, miss? No, no, I don't think that happened either. Man, but there was a big they dome. They are missing golden opportunity. The alien ship would put a big dome around the, the whole area. So there was actually a, like a So it was like a, a game to the aliens. Yeah. Holy shit. It was wow. it was good. It was horribly good. So this is a statement saying that we humans are the aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's the sound. That's what it is. We'll go with we'll, we'll give it the, the benefit of doubt. <laughs> Decoded battleship. <laughs> yeah. You're um, welcome, internet. <laughs> right? <laughs> How about just cause? I, I love that uh, video game and that would be awesome to see That would be pretty cool movie. too. I don't know what that is. Oh, they they just put out the fourth one. Yes, uh, it's Rico. He's he's kind of like this. How would you explain him? Kind of like a uh, I don't know Brazilian don't know James Bond him. almost. Yeah, yeah. where he's uh, got all these gadgets like wingsuits. He's got like grappling wrist uh, rocket thing, uh, and he's just a badass with a gun. <laughs> and they you each game you're put in uh, a different uh, area that's like uh, taken over by a harsh regime and you have to like take down the government one city at oh, a time. So it's, yeah, so it's sort of like modeling real life right now for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like wish fulfillment video game at this point. But it's just so over the freaking top. Like they had in the hmm. last one, they introduced like this big shield helicarrier kind of thing with all these big drone things that would attack. Oh, with the air DLC? Mech and suits. Yeah. And, and, and the third one. So this new one's going to be crazy. And this new one, you can ride tornadoes. You can ride tornadoes, son. All right. Bill Paxton would be proud. Yes, he would. I knew a kid <laughs> in high school who could do that. What? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> it's just a dumb joke. We must have him on the show. Oh yeah, uh, you have to ask. You never know with some people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I feel like know. in Salinas, that would be the only thing that was newsworthy because I don't know if you saw recently. This is like going on a way different tangent, but Salinas, which is where I live, got very famous for the doorbell liquor that was caught on the home camera. I, I heard saw that. Yes, yeah. so yes, that's, that's our claim to fame, isn't it? Wonderful. Living it was in a Salinas. female. No, it was a dude. It was a dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Just God. Just making out with the doorbell for, like, three hours. Weird. What is wrong with people? What did he... I would uh, say meth. Oh, more back to the bath salt. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the pupils looked very dilated. That's all I'm going to say. 
Jesus. It makes me think of that South Park when uh, <laughs> Gerald Bravlosky and Kenny were getting high on cat piss. <laughs> they're, they're both like yeah, doing this. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody from Salinas or Prunedale was discovered doing just such thing. Yeah, well, uh, you know, in their fantasy, they're fighting for the affection of this big-breasted warrior woman, and then when it cuts to reality, they're in their underwear, covered in cat piss, fighting in a sandbox in the town square. Isn't Gerald like a World War II fighter pilot or yeah, bomber pilot yeah. or something like that? That's a, I was lost on the newest their newest game that was at the the fractured but whole because mm-hmm. that that was an ultimate move with Gerald. He come in and oh, is it? and dump piss everywhere. I'm, I'm yeah. still working through Stick of Truth. I haven't got that far yet. Oh, those games are great. Yeah, but um, what else we have? Other video games you like no. guys like to see as movies? Maze Runner. What about that one? Think that they could do that one? Maze Runner. Refresh me on the Maze Runner. Is that the, just the runner game where you have to swipe Isn't that already a movie? Right? Is it? I know it was a comic, actually. Josh hmm. Werner did a comic hmm. on that one. To the internet! <laughs> How about this, the snake one that we had on the old Nokia phones? <laughs> Someone could Forget write a story that about Hollywood. that somehow. What was that <laughs> mind game? Uh, Minesweeper? Minesweep. Right. <laughs> Combine the two. You've got gold. That's all I'm saying. The Snake Minesweeper. Yeah, there was already a Maze Runner movie. Was it really? Yeah. Well, shit. And it was just recently. It was, they they tried to cash in on the Hunger Games. Oh, right. that Maze Runner. That's a that's a book series, I think. Is it? Yeah. Well, Lordy, yeah, it's a, one of those <laughs> tween novel series. Is how about Centipede? That could be pretty neat. Some that would be Centipede. Just... Yeah, if you found an interesting enough angle, I suppose that could work. Yeah. On the uh, King Kong Island, I guess they had big insects like that. Yeah. Maybe one of those things gets loose. Yeah, sure. runs a certain pad down a certain what trail or something like that. And <laughs> like some, shoot it all you want. Entomologist it still runs in pieces. You gotta kill the head, kill the whole thing. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you just split it up. That's the first video game I remember playing like endlessly. You know, like Such the only Atari game I had that I played all the time. Mm-hmm. That and Frogger, but Frogger like pissed me off. And when I when I was a little kid, for some reason, I'd get scared when the frog would get hit by a car. I was like, oh <laughs> no! You know, like the poor amphibian. I was just gonna say, what about Frogger? Yeah, it'd be a tough one. They could do it. They did a movie for Angry Birds, so they could really be able to write a story about anything. Yeah. <laughs> a whole made, movie about frogs getting run over. <laughs> if you make an emoji movie, you can make a movie about pretty damn near anything. Yeah, seriously, Pac-Man. What about Pac-Man? He was in Pixels. That doesn't count. That movie sucked. <laughs> that movie was horrible. <laughs> I was so disappointed because when I saw the trailer for that film, I got excited. I was like, oh, man, this looks really good. And then someone said, yeah, it's good to see Adam Sandler doing movies again. I was like, oh, shit, it's an Adam Sandler film. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, I saw that he was in it by the trailer, but I didn't realize he made it, you know, so um, those Happy Madison movies. But it still looks good, you know, like when it had the creator of Pac-Man walking up like. Son, yeah, yeah. saying that shit, and he bites his hand off. That was pretty funny in that trailer, <laughs> but uh, the movie was dog shit. The, I don't think my question is: was, was it ever good to have an Adam Sandler movie? Uh, no, Wedding Singer was good. I enjoyed I like that, that one. Okay. Happy Gilmore, Happy I Gilmore, kind of, yeah. I like, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, those are the two redeemable. Fifty First Dates was pretty good too. But... Yeah, that wasn't a bad. I film. think just because Drew Barrymore. In those couple of movies. It wasn't bad. <laughs> was they good. they were obviously, and they've tried again since, trying to catch that magic in a bottle yeah. uh, that they caught with Wedding Singer. But mm-hmm. it just wasn't happening, you know? It was just a perfect combination, a perfect storm yep. for that film. It was <laughs> just good. Just a dime store version of The Wedding Singer on, on Hawaii. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, Adam Sandler movies are a good way to gauge how far cinema has come in a short time. Because if you uh, <laughs> you go back to when those movies were coming out, I mean, they were big shit. They were like mm-hmm. the pinnacle of comedy. And like how in such a short amount of time, they just kind of that become laughing just, stock. Yeah. You know, it's it's just gone from one thing right to another without looking back. That kind of, kind of comedy doesn't hold up anymore. No, but those he keeps on trying. People grew up and got jobs, I guess. God bless him. <laughs> and had families. He keeps on carrying on. Yeah, he does. I, I do kind of want to check out um, that thing on Netflix. It looks like a stand-up show he did called mm. 100% Fresh, it's called. So we'll see. 
We'll no, see, Mr. Sandler. The, the old music numbers again. He had a guitar, so. Yeah. The second he starts to sing like this, yep. I'm out. <laughs> well, you know he's going to. That's the only singing voice he has. It says 100% fresh, Alex. If it's not 100% fresh, <laughs> I'm out. So if I hear that voice. All right. I, I think that's a, yeah. I think that's a fair measure to, to hold it, a fair standard to hold it up to. It better deliver what the title says. Yeah. Well, the title also has an Sandler in it, so it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, and on that note, I think we should just probably move it right along. You know what we haven't done in a long time, Jack? T-shirt t-shirts. commercials. Yep. We have T-shirts, people, at can- society6.com yes. forward slash candarepod. It's been that long. <laughs> yeah, but we do have T-shirts. We have mugs. We have decals. Uh, we have koozies, coasters. Yep. All that kind of crap with our logo uh, logo on it. Coffee mugs. Drapes. Drapes. <laughs> Believe it or not, we have drapes yeah. with our logo on it. Yeah. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You're fucking welcome. We heard you. We heard your prayers. <laughs> we answered. Drapes. <laughs> Shower curtains. Are those still up? Yeah, believe it. Yeah, towels, bath and mats, it's and it's it's it's, it's 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 horrible Monogram too. Towels. Because it's not even a shower curtain that just says canned air and has our logo. It's a shower curtain of <laughs> of the picture from our photo shoot. No, 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 that paper. one's not on there anymore. It's no, not. No, I was going to say like anytime you turn the bathroom light on, you're going to see us three assholes standing in the bathtub in a comic book store. <laughs> in a comic book store. No, that one's not. Sounds like dream come true. Not even our mothers would do that. <laughs> No. That was so funny. But if you, for some reason, want to do that, society6.com forward slash pod, you can get some of that tasty mite. That's it. All right. With that, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Uh, Jack, do you want to kick us off this week? Yeah, I'll go first. So my comic, originally, I was flipping through Facebook and I found a pretty sweet drawn anime comic. So I saved it, thinking in a couple days before the show read it, get a good idea what it's about so I can talk about it, because it looked amazing. The artwork's so good. So, Sunday, I was flipping through, found it, read the first couple panels, was getting interested, and then the next, you know, after I scrolled up a little bit more, it said, must verify that you're 18. So I was like, okay. Clicked a, that I was 18, then it started back at the comic again. There's a couple more panels in there that I was getting a little bit more story. Next thing you know, there's a guy with the chick naked. They're doing it hard style. <laughs> And there's just... Anyway, my comic's called Porn. Breasts and stuff. It was straight up Japanese hentai comic. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, no. So I decided (laughs) I can't talk about this one on the show. So I ended up jumping into the umbrella. Oh, this was the fiasco. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was the okay. whole fiasco uh, with getting my comic. Gotcha. But I started Did your watching the end. Walk in while you were reading it, and then they're all hell broke loose. Is that the fiasco? <laughs> <laughs> no, just then all of a sudden I didn't have a comic, so I was kind of upset. Oh, okay. But then I I jumped on the bandwagon that I've been hearing about the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Hmm. Which I thought was Resident Evil based, but it's totally not. It's that's a, yeah, that's what I thought. It's a Dark Horse comic from the late 2000s. I, I found out it started out in 2007, yeah. but it's about a one well, one day about 74 women immaculately conceived a child out of nowhere, and this rich billionaire went around buy, trying to buy him, and he got seven of them. And brought them to his mansion and taught them to be crime fighters. And each one of them has a special ability. Really? Mm-hmm. And one of them was able to teleport and he jumped in. I'm not giving any spoilers because it's in the in the preview on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> but he jumped into the future, like 20-some years in the future, to find that the world had ended. 15 years later, he comes back. and Somebody was telling me this at work today. Yeah. yeah. They end up all coming. They all separated and left the house, and they all came back to the house because their father, aka father, had passed away. And then the one kid bounced back into normal time. He's still a kid, and he's gonna, you know, get the group together to find out what happened, mm-hmm. and why the world ended. But it's pretty sweet. One guy, he's the one kid. Beautiful they're all artwork named too by Gabriel. Ba. What's that? I said beautiful artwork by Gabriel Ba too. Well, I haven't even looked at the comic. I just kind of looked at some of the information on it. 
That sounds really good. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch that. It's fantastic. It was yeah. I, four episodes in, and after the first episode, I was pretty much hooked. Really? Are like, they they hour long episodes? Yep. Okay. And I can see total easy cosplay. People walking around in like uh, private school uniforms with uh, like the Robin style mask. But it was but pretty sweet in the show because the masks, the eyes are white. Just oh, like really? in old style comics. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet the way mm-hmm. they did it. Huh. I'm excited to watch this. Yeah. One guy, one of the kids, super strong. Uh, one can teleport or jump through time and space. One girl, she can, can like mind control by saying, I heard a rumor and say, do something and they'll do it. One kid can speak to the dead. One can turn into some crazy monster or something like that you don't really see it hmm. interdimensional monsters that he controls or something along something those like lines yep. yeah and then one girl can play the violin but so really got... really well <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah that's her power she was told that she didn't have any powers that there's i was kind of looking into it spoiler and alert it said there was a spoiler so i didn't go any farther to see yeah okay so she's gonna end up having some significant yeah. power i obviously. think i know what it is but i'm not gonna say but yeah, it's a pretty good show. The power of heart. <laughs> Stay home, yeah, Mati. Captain Planet. That's <laughs> I'm glad that <laughs> reference landed. But yeah, the Umbrella Academy. Go watch it. Cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, Alex, would you like to go next? Uh, sure. So I recently read a graphic novel that's called The Retreat. It's from Humanoids because they just started... Uh, a literary imprint called Life Drawn. And so this one was written by Pierre Wazem and illustrated by Tom Tirabasco. And there are a couple of French creators. And the story essentially revolves around these two friends who are recreating a trip to a recently departed friend um, or, or recreating the trip that they took with him about a year prior to when the story is taking place and he has since passed very tragically at a young age and so it just sort of centers on them and they've kind of had a bit of falling out since that happened too so they're recreating this trip and you know they're just recalling all the times with him and sort of rekindling their own friendship and you know remembering why they all became friends to begin with and it's sort of shown in these Uh, vignettes of both things that are happening in the present interspersed with memories that sort of um, correlate to the scenes that are happening in in the present day. So it's very interesting. It's drawn in a sort of chalk, charcoal style, which hmm. I really enjoyed, and a little bit more on the cartoony indie um, side because Tom Turbosco again the illustrator is a fine artist too so he, he employed a, a few different techniques than I think the average comic illustrator would do but yeah it's just a, it's just a really nice story about the human condition which is something that's really struck me in the last four or five years as something that is just boundless in the explorations that you can do with that and it doesn't have to be some huge life-altering event. It could just be something that happens in the quieter moments, and you can show mourning without people breaking down and having, you know, nervous breakdowns or going on uh, benders or something. And I thought this this graphic novel, which is pretty short, it's like I think it was like seventy or eighty pages, but it just beautifully portrays how friendships I think can really go, and you know, because they they tend to ebb and flow at times, especially when it's somebody you've known for a long time and they're the gum that you can't get off the bottom of your shoe. Uh, so I, I thought it beautifully portrayed that and it was it was just really gripping from beginning to end. What's the title on that one more time? It's called The Retreat. The Retreat. Yeah, because they go to a cabin that's sort of out in the woods away from civilization. So that's kind of what it's referring to. And then they can reflect and stuff of that nature. I love stories like that, and it kind of makes me think of... We had Adam Sword on the show not too long ago, and he had his uh, his comic. Do you remember the title off the top of your head? No. Always Kind of Itchy, That's it was right. called. Yep. And, um, you know, very, very uh, different uh, yeah. 
angle, I guess, but kind of the same, you know, look in on a human condition. It's very relatable, you know, for, uh, very for everybody. Really, yeah. You know, everybody right. uh, suffers from the same kind of conditions here and there as far as insecurities or their just outlooks on life. So, yeah, yeah I, that'd be cool to check out. Yeah, and I think those are the, the storytelling sort of devices that really resonate with me when you can distill very relatable and very universal feelings and truths into very distinct characters who are also engaging and characters that you want to follow. So again, I think they did that really well in this book and it was, it was a joy to read. Very good. Very good. Yeah. We'll have to put a link for that up on yeah. uh, Twitter and yeah. Facebook. I'd like to check that out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, <clears throat> what I have this week is a Superman, the Ten Cent Adventure, and these. I, what's that? No, I just said, ah, here we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I uh, first remember uh, getting Batman Ten Cent Adventure years ago. Oh sure. Uh, I think this was at uh, maybe even at like Walmart when I was a kid. Mm. Like when they had the comics in the toy aisle and the little end caps there. But I remember getting it and it was actually 10 cents, you know, like you wouldn't, you know, comic books haven't been that price since what, the 60s, Uh 50s, 60s. It was actually still 10 cents. And when this one here you look at right by the barcode, it is 10 cents. It is 10 cents. Nice. Indeed. But um, I think they were just kind of quick, cheap, one off things to get people interested in the characters, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe just get them looped into a story, you know, because I don't think they they were doing free comic book day and giveaway shit like they mm-hmm. do now. Then, but um, anyway, this comic starts with Superman. Um, he's on the moon and he's flying back to Earth, and he's just kind of talking to himself about the different points of reentry and what it would do to the normal person's body, you know. And uh, he gets down to where he's going. I don't know if it's in Metropolis or not, but he's taking on an, a villain by the name of Amok. I believe his name is A-M-O-K. Is this person ring a bell with Sounds you? Sounds familiar, yeah. It's someone no. I'm not really sure about, but I don't really know a whole deal a lot about Superman and his villains. he'd run with Amok. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> but no. Very I was good. Joking. You're joking. Running amok. Uh, Run amok. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was with you. I was All with right. You. <sighs> Sorry. The, the listeners can't side see side. me shaking my head, uh, but I'm shaking my head. In disapproval. <laughs> Sai told everybody that. <laughs> Again, where's our snare and hi hat? Yeah. All right, <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> he flies in to take down Amok, and you can tell Superman doesn't really think much of this guy. He's taken him on before, as Amok keeps saying. Is uh, remember our fight before Superman? And Superman, you know, grabs his chin, squints his eye like he's trying to remember. And he remembers dealing with him when he was just wearing like some like crappy unitard on the steps of a bank or something. And Superman lands behind him and just kind of flicks him with his <laughs> finger, and that just ends the battle. That's what this guy remembers as an epic fight. Well, he's like, I'm back now. I'm back with technology to take you down once and for all. He has this technology that he's getting from people called uh, the Future Smiths. And uh, Superman still kind of shrugs it off until the guy sends a blast his way that sends him, like, through five buildings. So Superman comes back. They have a tussle. And he grabs him, and he starts taking him up into orbit. And he starts asking him the same narration he was giving you at the beginning of the comic. Like, do you know what, uh, you know what these heights will do to the human body? And uh, right in the midst of all this, the dude vanishes out of Superman's arms. Like, what the fuck? Where did he go? You know, he was so hell-bent on killing me, and now he's just gone. And they're not sure why. And you uh, then see this uh, future, or excuse me, they might go to these future smiths, which are, appear to be aliens. And he hands over what the real objective was, was to get a strand of hair off Superman, Mm. which he successfully did. They take it and in turn grant him the power he's been wanting for so long. The power to destroy Superman. They give it to him. He goes back to Earth. He goes, I'm back even more powerful than before and surely you will die this time. And they, they have this big fight that, you know, the world can see. And in the height of it, this dude just kind of breaks down and explodes. And everyone's like, Superman killed him. What the hell's going on? He's like, I don't kill, son. 
He killed himself. He took himself out. And I guess what happened was it cuts back to the futurists. They're watch or the future Smiths, excuse me. They're watching all this on a big screen. And they're like, he exploded. And he's like, yeah, we gave him the power. We didn't, didn't give him the uh, ability to control, control it, it, though. Yes, nice. You know, that was that was on him. Shysters. <laughs> exactly. So it immediately killed him. And you see what they are doing with this uh, hair out of a out of a uh, pod comes Supergirl. But not looking her traditional sense. She has uh, very short black hair. Her whole outfit is black with a big red S on her front and a powder blue cape. She looks wicked. Wow. But that's the comic, and I enjoyed it about as much as I remembered enjoying the Batman one. I mean, hey, for ten cents you can't go wrong. Yeah, right? really, that's not a, but, um, a I, disappointment at all for ten cents. I love these kind of things. I mean, I think I I got it more for ten cents when I bought it out of the pack rat basement. <laughs> but um, you know, back in the day when somebody would have got this, um, a nice little hook into the universe, and always has those classic comic ads in it. So there you have it. Superman, the ten cent. I, I thought the future Smiths were going to make the hair part of their like stalker altar to Superman or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they it's take funny. his napkins out of the trash and you know. I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was maybe you, Jack, on the show before. It was talking about a Superman comic where the objective of somebody was to steal a hair of his from a museum that was. That was Super- Superman two, I think, the movie. Oh, that was in the movie? Yeah. Where the hair was holding up the... Like a 10,000 pound weight or something like okay. that? Okay. Yeah. That's what it was making me think of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what... It, and it made me think, like, how could he ever pull a hair out of his head? Like it Somehow would... Lex Luthor created Nuclear Man or something like that. Or it was something <laughs> horrible. Like, it was a terrible... Thing. I thought uh, Zod and them were in the second original Superman. I don't remember which one it was. It was... I think maybe it was... Maybe it was four or three. I don't know. It was when they started getting to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to come on pretty quick, didn't it? The one with Richard Pryor. Yeah. That was even more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, hey. Just a 90 degree drop. Again, yeah. striking while the iron's hot yeah. or the star for that in that case. But Yeah. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's turn our attention over to Alex and just talk about some of these many projects you have going. You stay pretty busy, don't you, sir? Uh, yeah, I do. I, you know, I've learned how not to sleep or sleep <laughs> mentally and still get through my day. <laughs> I would say say that sleep probably comes as a hindrance when you have this much on your plate. You have the weekly webcomic, the decades of inexperience, and then the monthly Mr. Butterchips, all alongside the collection of literary magazine comics called Defiling the Literati. Man, this has been some good reading. Thank you for sending it over to us. But uh, I always like to give it to the creator to tell the listeners about their projects so we don't divulge too much or say the wrong thing. So do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about these projects? No, not at all. Um, decades of an experience. So kind of touching on the retreat, how the study of the human condition is something that's played a very big role in my writing and comics the last few years. Decades of an Experience came out of this idea that I was sort of analyzing and processing things that I did, things that I went through in my mid to late 20s, early 30s, and distilled it into this character, Luke Carlin, who is, I guess he's an early 30-something, I believe, at the beginning of the series. And he's, he's like a lot of people in our generation where you don't necessarily have a specific objective or goal in mind that you have as a career. You're just kind of still trying to figure out it on the fly, maybe having one too many drinks while you're doing it, um, fucking up enough relationships to learn how to navigate them well, and just kind of trying to figure out you know, where he belongs. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it, it, there's a lot more to it. We, I use a lot of metaphorical uh, characters. Like we have a character called Drunk Death, which is, apparent, which is just basically a Grim Reaper who's perpetually inebriated. And he shows up a lot. Yeah, and he shows up when Luke is depressed or, you know, morbid or contemplating, you know, maybe harming himself. This is when Drunk Death shows up. Um, There's one that showed up last year. We just entered our fourth year. So in the third year, I introduced another character called Coxysis, who, as we all know, when you get into your 30s, suddenly joints and muscles and areas start hurting for mm-hmm. no damn reason. So Coxysis is the ancient god of uh, 
what was it, pre-middle age myalgia. So he just comes along to, to you know, wreak havoc on Luke's body every once in a while. And he kind of looks like a, um, what do you call them, the the people who, who pull the guillotine string? Um, executioner. Executioner. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of what he looks like. I can't. I, couldn't believe I couldn't conjure that word. Anyway, so there's a lot of characters like that that, you know, it's not just sort of wallowing in the, you know, melancholia of life. There's a lot of different things going on. So it's just sort of spanning this period of Luke's life. He just passed his mid-30s, and we have a plan to keep going. It's published by an online publisher called Antics Press. And my editor is a guy named Francis Lombard, who actually used to work for Humanoids, funny enough. I didn't even make that connection intentionally. But he started his own company, and he's in, so he publishes decades on a weekly basis. And then I have the, the monthly one, Mr. Butterchips, which is a little bit more based in the satirical and political realm. And I've, I've found that that was just a really great character for me to voice a lot of my frustrations and irritations with the way things may be going now. And when you do it through the mouth of a cartoon monkey, it just seems a little bit more palatable, I think, for an audience. And he's this monkey yeah. who, who is a chain smoker and drinks. And so it's it's a lot of fun. But we delve into some very serious issues with it, too. You just do it in a little bit more of a... Um, uh, tolerable manner instead of you know ha- being ham-fisted with the messages right and that he, one he reminded me of curious george who went down a different path yeah, in life. Skip yeah george. That's, he's like east side curious george sure <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. i'm gonna use that now but there you go <laughs> yeah so so that one's been a lot of fun to develop because he started out initially he's published by a literary magazine called drunk monkeys which is not quite as contrived as it sounds. Um, And they started publishing a few years back. And he was just kind of this homage to old underground comics, like the Art Crumbs and Gilbert Shelton's and Spain Rodriguez and those guys. And that was right before the 2016 election. So I had a few of those strips under my belt. And then the election happened and it took sort of this hard left into political, you know, satire and, and common and social commentary. But it's been a lot of fun to, to develop that character a bit. And so some of those are contained in the collection of Defiling the Literati, which is literary magazine comics I produced over the couple years of 2016 and 2017. I had done some of the Mr. Butterchips and then for several other literary magazines online, like 5 to 1 magazine and Writer's Roundup magazine. So I decided to put those together and just sort of self-publish a collection, you know, for, for my own, um, you know, satisfaction, I guess. Right, right. I uh, I was digging what you sent our way. I know Jack was just over there looking at it. Uh, but, like, the Where Are They Now, the tech edition, that one was really right. freaking funny. I enjoyed that. The one with the thieves stealing the money from it. His butter chips, his paycheck was pretty hilarious too. I don't know. Oh, if yeah. I saw that one. That's why I was telling you about the it. Manifestations like Spica. of Spica. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, there was another one where uh, Donald Trump came in to try to join up with the Justice League. That one had me cracking up. With I want to be called Big D, right? <laughs> Convincing everybody that he has superpowers when he when everybody clearly can see that he doesn't. Yep. <laughs> no, you're stupid. I really do. No. Yes, it's a lot of those things that I, I find that it's easier to, instead of going on some social media rant, you just put it down on a comics page. And I feel like that's maybe a little bit more um, of an easy way for people to to listen to you, I guess. Um, so, I've yeah, I've been doing those. And I might do a few more, but I'm pretty pretty tied up right now because I also just started developing a new graphic novel or it's been in development for a while but some things are starting to move with it now and I can't say too much about that but it's certainly taking up a good chunk of my time right now as well yeah I, I can imagine damn yeah. the graphic <laughs> novel on the pile Jeez. of comics you got here wow man yeah. and then right guest articles for some friends blogs yeah I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment what can I say <laughs> So do you uh, do you go to like to conventions or anything with this stuff, or do you just primarily run this from home? How do you do this? 
Yeah, I've gone to a few local shows. I've started doing that more in the past few years. So I went, there was one in Santa Cruz called the Central Coast Pop Expo. There's one actually here in town called the Salinas Valley Comic Con, which has been growing pretty steadily for the last few years. So that one's been pretty cool. I got invited to the Latino Comics Expo this year, which is incredible. And I met them, the organizers, through Salinas Valley Comic Con. And it's this just phenomenal show that they put on that spotlights Latino comics creators and animators and then they invite you know some other people who they enjoy their work as well and you know being from the Slings Valley I, I, I've i been exposed to Latino culture quite a bit so they knew that I I kind of got it <laughs> that's cool and yeah and, and I, I truly have an appreciation for what they do and am incredibly honored that they invited me to join them this year and then I'm doing the Las Vegas con this year, the amazing con with a friend of mine named Chris Aracena. Man, we used to have some contacts out that way. I wonder I'll have to dig them up. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, come on down. It's in June. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be cool. I've never been to Vegas. That's it would be hot. It would be yeah. hot. That'd be a change <laughs> of pace, wouldn't it, Jack? Yeah, and, and you know, pasty people like myself don't exactly do well in the heat, so I chose a really great time to go visit. <laughs> but luckily we'll be inside, so I'm I'm assuming someplace like the desert will have air conditioning in abundance. Oh my Somewhere gosh! There yes, be, yeah. everywhere yeah. there yeah. will be, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. So I'm not too concerned. It'll be just melting on the way back to the hotel. I guess would be the main concern. Now you uh, had said you're working on a graphic novel, and I know you have this, yeah. this uh, collection of literary and magazine comics help. That mm-hmm. do contain uh, the occasional Mr. Butterchips and uh, decades of inexperience, but will uh, or do they already decades of inexperience or Mr. Butterchips? Do they have dedicated like uh, print releases at, at all or no? Not as of this time. Antix Press is is working with me on getting one together of decades where the first two years, which I think I had mentioned to you guys, were in a vastly dim- different format. It was more along the lines of illustrated flash fiction. So then in the third year, which was 2018, we shifted to the full comic format. So it's more trying to figure out the logistics of putting together the collection for that at this point. And I would love to do one of Butter Chips at some point, too. I think it would just be a matter of finding a publisher demented enough to actually put that filth into the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it'll it'll make There's it someone, somebody yeah, will put that out you kidding yeah. me and the graphic um, novel funny enough is it, i will say it's it's ya it's like young adult so I've, I've had to suppress a lot of my more like scatological tendencies when i'm writing because you you sort of want to keep it you know i mean i think the idea of coddling teens is ridiculous because they've heard all the words they know all of the positions by the time they're 16 but you but i still have to rein it in a little bit which we're working on right now so um hopefully i'll have more news about that in the near future knock on wood you'll have to let us know uh, when that's ready or when you're ready to start uh, you know marketing for that we'll get you back on the show absolutely that would be great that would be awesome, man. And yeah. <clears throat> so we should be sending people to alexschumacherart.com. Is there anywhere else that uh, people can check out your work or should be? Yeah, I mean, that's the best jumping off point. Uh, if you want, if they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, both of the handles there are at ajschumacherart. Pretty easy. Uh, and I have links to those on my site as well. So that's a pretty good primer just to visit alexschumacherart.com. Um, decades is on antixpress.com. Mr. Butterchips is on drunkmonkeys.net. And those are, I think, the main places to visit to find my work. Well, we're going to put uh, links to those on the website, on our social media and Facebook, and uh, help push people that way, man. So, uh, yeah, please stay in touch and let us know about that graphic novel when you're ready. We'll get you back on the show. Oh, most definitely. I I absolutely will. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, we appreciate you being here, man. Glad we can make it work. We had to do some rescheduling there, but we got it, didn't we? (laughs) We did. We did. And then some technical difficulties when I got home tonight because my Jurassic computer decided not to work with me at first. But, yes, we got it all together, so it worked out. The stars aligned for us. That's right. The technical gods smiled upon us. (laughs) 
Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com and check out our special guests. Listen to the show. Follow us on our social media. Visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. See some of our YouTube videos. And if you would like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And again, we are on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Check us out. We got a lot of funny things going on over there and links to, uh, you know, projects like Alex. Alex's and uh, many other past episodes and projects we've featured, like our interview with Ernie Hudson we just did a few weeks ago. Yep. That was a lot of fun. fun. That was really cool. And anyway. <clears throat> and to be clear, I am a project also, perpetually. So that's okay. What, what's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> you said projects like Alex. So I said, that's okay. I am a project too. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I should mean Alex's. <laughs> Alex's project. Okay, well. And be sure to check out our other show, What If, that's been going, what, since November of last year, Jack? Yeah, no, yeah, beginning of November it was. Yeah, yeah, and we've already in that time got close to 300 subscribers on uh, Player FM. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about that. It's been a fun show, and uh, the future is looking very bright for it. We Mm -hmm. have a new co-host that we're bringing in on it. Recorded a few episodes with him already that have turned out fantastic, so... uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys I to like check him. it out. I like him too. Yep. Oh, I lied. Bleh, bleh, I do. I'm so fucking tongue-tied today, man. <laughs> so check it out at whatifpod.com or on Twitter at whatifseries and on Instagram at whatifpdcst. And I think that's going to do it for this week, unless there's anything else, Jack. Uh, Wizard World, St. Louis, April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Go to our website, fill out the form, and be listening to the show on the 29th of March to see if you're a winner. There you have it. And until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Alex Schumacher. Thanks for listening, everyone. find you. Why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on candarepodcast.com. Shoot, it may even help him find you. Well, that makes no sense. Hey, what are you doing near my son? Time to split. G.I. Joe! Let me wait for the sirens to go by here. Yep. Yep. Keep on going. <laughs> Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.